Hi everyone and welcome to Club Live here at Club at 22 The Rangers Podcast. We are live on YouTube tonight, so get your comments in. We'll do our best to answer them. Um, Carney, I'll need to make you do the comments tonight. So, um, yeah, we've got a full house tonight, which is unusual. I don't know last time we had a full house in a, a, a Club Live on a Friday. I'm trying to think. Last maybe week. a while ago. Was last it, week, I think. Last week, was it? Not? <laughs> I think it was. was. That on last week? Ah, it's run about seven it days, Alistair, I think. It just shows. It just oh, shows my memory, really? bad my memory is. Really? Um, I scrap, we can't even scrap that out because it's live. But no, introducing my guest, first of all, Scott Carney. How are you today? How's it going, mate? Yeah, I'll let you off, mate, because it's, it has been one of them weeks. I, I feel the same, mm. mate. It's been, it's been, a, it's been a long week. It really has been a long week. But yes, uh, the weekend is here. The weekend is here, and I'm not even going to the game tomorrow. But uh, I've got a wedding tomorrow before I get slated for anything. I've got a wedding, uh, my wee cousin's wedding, so I won't be going. But I'm still looking forward to having a bit of chat about Rangers tonight and previewing what might be tomorrow. So yes, hello, chat. Hello, everyone. Yep, and Scotia, I know you're going to the game tomorrow because I'm meeting you before the game tomorrow. How are you this evening? Yes, hi Alistair, hi lads, hi listeners. Yeah, very good. Um, I'm looking forward to tomorrow. Not looking forward to the half 12, 12 kickoff on a Saturday. It's not better than a half 12 on Sunday, right enough, but it's still would maybe prefer a wee one later on in the day. But I'm going to the game, so can't really complain. Yes, and last but not least, Mr. Ryan Haymarch, how are you this, I was going to say this afternoon, this evening? You're a lovely shop, Alistair. Um, a lovely shop. I'm disappointed in your start. <laughs> and this is why we don't get picked up by any of the major broadcasters because of your uh, your incompetency to host. It's, it's <laughs> got to be questioned. The next AGM, we're going to question this. Um, uh, I'm fine, mate. I'm fine. I'm glad to be on. I'm looking for a bit of therapy, uh, both for Rangers and also for uh, Cost of Living Boys. I went along to the local shop there for a, a bottle of red, my favourite red wine and... Um, it's up to seven pounds seventy-five. What is that all about? Seven pounds seventy-five for a bottle of red wine. So, gonna have to go get a calculator out, look at the budget, mate, and maybe reassess things, and maybe have to drop down to a half bottle soon. I think. Can I just say, mate, that you're not getting a pay rise from me? That's that's off the table, mate. I'm afraid. I didn't ask for one. I'm just hoping somebody's going to pick me up in the trans before the transfer window shuts. <laughs> hey, you've got the per- you've got the perfect man in Scotia beside you down there. He'll. He'll tell you where the deals are to be had in terms of alcohol. He's, keep in with him. But um, no, let's let's get into it. I know Carney and um, Scotia done a post-match on the Servette game on during the week there. Obviously, we were in the group chat during the game. Ryan, I'll come to you first. I, I'm not going to break the game down because the lads broke the game down and, and done a post-match on it, but, but we can kind of d- discuss the game. The the initial team um, lineup. What was your thoughts on it and also on the first half in particular? Um, I'll be honest, Ali, the lineup I was pretty happy about. Um, I was quite content with the lineup. Everything I expected, I kind of expected um, a couple of changes. I was quite content with the lineup, our performance. I know somebody said, oh, let's get a bit of positivity. I'll, I'll try my best. I will try my best. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Everyone knows how we played in the first half and and during the week, and it was it was appalling. The Rangers were really really poor, and I think I think we relied on good goalkeeping to keep us in the tie quite a lot. And I do think that 
were quite fortunate that Servette, for me, I didn't rate them highly. I didn't think they showed much in, in the leg during the week that they could put us out, even when we played poorly. And I do go bang on about Rangers need to find a way of winning when they're playing badly. Well, I didn't think we were that great. We did improve in the second half, of course we did, but we weren't great in that first half. And if we play a decent opposition like we're going to face on Tuesday, if we have a half like that, Alistair, I think you could find yourself a couple of goals down. I think we're lucky that the opposition wasn't at that level. And Rangers just did not, didn't cover us on any glory and not for the first time this season. And they need to pick up quickly. Um, but the focus the focus is it's to get through, of course it is, and, and that's, that was the main thing. So we set ourselves up with a tie with PSV and, and that'll be interesting, but there's no hiding place now, Ali. There is no hiding place for this Rangers team. We have got a big six games um, coming up I was looking at and um, I would like to think we'll win every single one of them. But um, there is a lot of work to do and, uh, and they need to start getting out the traps a lot quicker because we're playing higher quality opposition in terms of PSV and that lot coming up. And we need to start thinking about starting games a lot quicker. So, yeah, the first half was concerning again, um, but I don't want to dwell too much on the negativity. <laughs> yeah, no, to be honest, when, when the team line-out came out, I was... Um... I was pretty happy with it, to be honest. The midfield th- um, three, I can understand. It was. Um, I thought we. I actually thought we started okay for the first five, six minutes, and then after that, that chance that Servette had that Butland, who um, was man of the match, saved fantastic save, to be honest, to keep us in the game. After that, I just thought we kind of we lost our way, rode our luck. They split. They, they cut us open far too easily at times. Um, it's shades of shades of last season, to be honest, in terms of. We give away stupid goals at the back and we're powder puff up front, which seems to be a theme this season at the moment. I know we've got a lot of players um, come into the team. It's going to take a while for all this to gel. But Scotia, obviously, you've had um, a few days after your post-match in terms of in terms of the first half we're talking about here. Has your thoughts changed at all um, in terms of what you said after the, the post-match? On the first half, um, not really, no. I, would, I think I was... Maybe a wee bit kinder and saying it wasn't probably up until the Servette goal that we really lost our way. But looking back at the game, kind of just didn't watch the full game back, just wee brief moments here and there. Um, it probably was a bit sooner than that. It's because you were still kind of sitting there, sitting at nil-nil, that maybe at the time I didn't appreciate it as much. But no, the first half, it wasn't any better than I thought it was, but maybe slightly worse than I gave it credit for. Um, and a post-match with Carney there, yeah, the first half, it wasn't enjoyable watching. Um, and like Ryan said, it was against a team that weren't very good either, which gives you concerns going forward. Yeah, Carney, um, obviously the second half, Rangers played, I thought, a lot better in the second half. We missed quite a few chances, to be honest, which we should have put the game to bed. Um, so that for me, the second half, kind of, they, I thought they fell apart a wee bit tomorrow so when they were coming to the park, balls going out the park quite a lot. I didn't think they were great. I agree with Scotia. I don't think they were a great team, but they cut us open quite easily at times. Overall, we get through the tie. We've obviously banked five million in terms of if we get put out against PSV in the next round, we're guaranteed this five million. So overall, we're through through the tie, but it's it's worrying that. It's the same things we're seeing from previous seasons. And like I mentioned earlier on, in terms of the stupid goals we give away and we're not clinical enough up front, is that a, a worry for you going forward without throwing the toys out? Because we have, as I said, <coughs> brought in 10 new players. 
Yeah, I think on reflection of obviously with me doing the reaction straight after the game, um, you're still kind of full of emotion of it. I was out of emotion at that point. I was I was that kind of shattered from the game. I think that the kind of first half took the the wind right out of my sails, and you've got to. You've got to weigh it up, I suppose. Look, I don't think they're a great team either, I have to admit. I don't think they're any... They shouldn't really have caused as, as much trouble as they did. We should The tie should have been out of... The tie should have been out of reach in the first leg, if we're going to be completely honest. It should never have really came down to the second leg. The second leg should have been a formality, if you like. But this team... That's their Champions League final. Do you know what I mean? They've sold out their stadium for the first time in, I don't know, 20 years or whatever the whatever the start was. So they were going to be up for it. I, I think we maybe took it for granted um, that all we had to do was kind of show up and beat them. Um, they were going to be right up for it. And I think they, they, they went for it in the first half. I really do. I think they absolutely did go for it. Obviously not helped by our defensive frailties. That's, that's for absolute sure. The defence in that first half in particular was all over the place. I mean, all at sea. Um, there's not one of them can really cover themselves in any great any great glory. And without spoiling the agenda, I'll not come on to one particular one because I know you want to speak about them. So the the concern for me just now is we have to, we're going to have to recruit within the centre-half. The, the centre centre um, I, I think we should be looking at full-backs. Um, I, I know Sterling's there. We've yet to see him, really. Um, he's not shown anything that I'm not... not there's nothing that he's shown that I'm unhappy with, um, put it that way. But, sorry, Ryan, I've, I've got no great confidence in Yilmaz or Borna. Um, I, I think Yilmaz probably deserves a run in the team, but his injury proneness things beginning to bother me a little bit because he gets he maybe looks like he's ready to get that sustained run in the team and then he's out for three games and you're like you can't we can't have this. We can't have the, the we need the consistency in it and we need somebody to make that position their own. Up front, mate <laughs> Danilo's sitter is, is still hods with me. I laugh about it probably every day since I've seen it. It's, uh, it was so bad. Honestly, it was so so bad. But he done it against Livingston as well. Nobody's really spoke about that either. Against Livingston, he missed an absolute setter. They should have scored. I don't know how he didn't. Maybe put off by the fact that the defender was so close to him. But still, a, 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 a player of his caliber should be scoring. The up front bits, it's concerning me. Um, that's James Tavernier that's got us out of got us out of jail again. Uh, our right back is scoring goals more than our forward line, uh, and it is a concern. But I, I'm I'm still sticking with the fact that it, it's going to take time for this to gel. There's a lot of new players there. Call me a, an optimist. Call me blue tinted glasses. Call me whatever you like. But I'm going to remain as positive as I can as I can about it because there's a few of them that I'm I'm more than sure will be okay. Um, I think everybody just now is looking for people to fling under the bus and I'm not entirely sure how it helps but I think it will come in time. I do think it will come in time. Uh, I think Bill believes it's going to come in time so all we have to do now is just back them as much as we can and I know that's easier said than done but yes, there's concerns mate. 100% there is concerns going forward but I'm more, okay, we got through the tie. That wasn't great. And I said it on the post-match. If we think we can play like that against PSV and have any chance, then Bill's not in the right. Not he won't be in the right job if he thinks that that's acceptable. Going into PSV, we need to seriously up our games. But I said it as well like in the post-match as well. I believe this Rangers team will raise their game against PSV because they seem to thrive on the big nights, the big moments, against the big bigger teams. So I'm um, not optimistic, but I'm 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 still very much looking forward to Tuesday, mate. And at the end of the day, we're through.
And I think that's the most important thing is that we got through that tie. Yeah, no, 100%. That's the ultimate. That was the, the aim of the game, to, to get through that tie, regardless how we play, and, and we did it. Obviously, we want a performance, Ryan. Um, Danny's mentioned the fullbacks. There's one one we're going to talk about later on, so without going too deep into it, the way we play football at the moment, we are dependent on width of our fullbacks at the moment. They're the most bipolar fullbacks I think I've ever seen at Rangers in terms of defensively this season. The two of them have not been clever. But offensively, they always pop up somewhere. And uh, it was a born across to, to Tab at the back post to put it in to get us out of jail, as we've seen for God knows how many years with Rangers. What do we do with the fullbacks going forward, Ryan? Do we look to change the formation going forward, or does he persist with what he's doing, or does he bring in Yilmaz, who a lot of people are still on the fence with, and Sterling? Because the way we play at the moment with Tav and Bon, I don't think they can do the job that Bill wants to do within that system. Well, I'm extremely disheartened. That's probably the one thing that I'm disheartened about. I didn't want to say it at the beginning of the season because you want to start off in a positive. We've got new signings in. It's really, for me, it's Bill's first season. <clears throat> I know he took over last year, but this is his team now. I'm extremely disappointed. We've started the season with James Tavernier and Borna Barris. As you guys know, I'm not a huge fan of James Tavernier. I understand what his stats have brought to the club, but <clears throat> I continually be frustrated by James Tavernier. I don't want I don't want us to turn into a slate and I know we're going to speak about I speak about him. I think it's obvious that's who we're going to come on to. <clears throat> if you're talking about the fullbacks, Ali, it's one of the failed methods for me for Rangers as we have been so obsessed with these deep crosses and constantly trying to play to the fullbacks to then cross the ball in. And it's fine because one cross, like Borna Barisic has got a wand of a left foot, and you know that it takes a lot for me to say that. And James Tavernier can also find somebody now and again with a cross. But these successful crosses are one in every 30, I think it is, something like that. We cross the ball into the box more than any other team in European football. I think it was last year, the stat was 28, circa 28 per game. And we probably scored one goal from it. It's not good enough. The conversion rate is not good enough. And this is when I start banging on about risk and reward and things like that. We need to change that style of play. We need to find something through the middle. And I think Beal has brought players in to try and do that. But I see slipping into our old ways where if it's not working or it doesn't look easy, get the ball out to ball and have because they'll swing it in and something might happen. If we do that, we will score one goal maybe in a game. But they've not been good enough at the back for us. One of the main reasons we are, we've not won trophies is because of the fullbacks. Not stopping crosses, not doing their job at the back. Yes, they provide something up the pitch, but you can't go one down because one of them made a mistake and then excuse that because they've scored a goal or assisted up the other side. It's not good enough. If they're assisting two or three a game, then we can have a conversation, but not going down one nil or losing a goal every game to the fullbacks not doing their job and then excusing it by them getting having an assist or scoring a penalty or a free. It doesn't matter. I'm not singling out one or the other. That philosophy for me is a failed philosophy, Ali, and it worries me that we are going back into the old ways that we've failed upon. Uh, so, yeah, it's a big concern for me. Yeah, no, I, I agree, Ryan. I just, I just, I don't know what we do going forward. Scotia, you, I think you said a similar thing in, on your post-match in terms of uh, kind of Jekyll and Hyde in terms of our full-backs at the moment. What, what's your opinion going forward? 
do you think Beal will tinker with the formation or do you think he'll persist with it and with the personnel who's there at the moment? Yeah, I'd said to Carney, we need to speak about James and Borna because um, this is going to be the debate we'll have, I think, all season because for me, it's probably too late now for him to start tinkering about trying to bring in more defensive fullbacks and set up like that. I think he's kind of made up his mind in what he wants to do. So it's one of those ones where I think you need to balance what they bring you going forward to what they don't give you defensively and they're that year older as well. Um, you could, you've seen it all over the social media this week that there's an awful lot of people in one camp that, no, Tab and Borna are absolutely terrible. There's an awful lot of people in the other camp that, oh no, look what you, they give us going forward. Because quite, the people that say that are quite right at the moment. They are the only two that are contributing. It's, we said this last season, we said it the season before, they were the two that are contributing numbers. The big problem for me is, is that their age is getting on. Borna in particular, I don't know if you guys think the same, but Borna now reminds me of, do you remember when Lee Wallace came back from his injury? I know we were playing at different levels of football here, but when Lee Wallace came back from his injury, you could visibly see that he would stop and he wouldn't run in the outside, he wouldn't go forward, he would turn back. Borna's got to that stage now for me as well, that he's, he's not bombing up the wing, mainly probably because he can't do it every week. But it's it's what they, so I'm I'm totally on the fence. I don't mind saying that I'm totally on the fence because I can understand completely where Ryan comes from in terms of the defensive errors that they make. Because you can guarantee that if we can see the goal against Celtic in the upcoming Gold Firm, Old Firm, sorry, um, it's going to come either down the left hand side or right hand side because the the fullbacks are too high. When you can guarantee that, but you can then probably can also guarantee that one of them will be involved in a goal against Celtic as well. Uh, you know, in the build-up, uh, with an assist, with a goal itself, it's a very, a very difficult one, and I think we kind of need to decide how willing are we to put up with it. Um, it's getting a wee bit thin for me now. That it is getting frustrating. You're asking the, you're asking the centre defenders to do an awful lot more when they're going up. You're asking the midfielders sitting there an awful lot more to give up. But I do think that <clears throat> because we've not really seen any movement in terms of only Sterling really coming in, and like Carnade mentioned about Yelmaz is he does seem to be a wee bit injury prone that um, I think you're going to see Tavin Borna for the better part of the season until until something changes really and um, at the moment I'm okay with it but I do think that we'll probably have this conversation, in fact we'll have, probably have it after the PSV game and after the, the Celtic game that this is an issue um, so I look forward to speaking about this more often in the season everybody <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, no, I, if, I agree with the, the, yourself and Ryan and, and Carnell on as well. I'd, yeah, it's, I think we'll just need to stick with it. On, not unfortunately, but I think we'll need to stick with it and see, and see what happens. But Carney, on a kind of positive with the, the new players that came in uh, during the week, that I thought Jack Butland showed exactly why we brought him in. I thought he, he reminded me of... We've, we've been lucky always to have good goalkeepers. If you take out the banter years, we've had good goalkeepers. Jack Butland, for me, he's got a stature about him. He's vocal. I thought he was outstanding um, during the week, and that's what we were going to need with him in Europe. I, I thought he was brilliant. Other guys, the Fuentes, I thought he's just slipped in there, can't he, as if he's been there all, all the time. Similar to Raskin and Cantwell last season, uh, and I thought Raskin was, was really good along with Cantwell um, during the week as well. So for me, they were positives, but Jack Butland in particular, I thought, pretty much got us through that tie because he pulled off some superb saves from we could have been 2-0 down in that first half easily. Easy, mate. I think the tie could have been out of sight, really, without him in the first 
without him in the first uh, half. And I think we're all probably the same when he's running through on goal and they, they, they split our defence through the middle like we weren't even there. Again, Suter and Goldson not really covering himself in much glory there. But if Alan McGregor was in goal, we'd always, we'd all have thought, Come on, Chagger! Like, come on, do one of them. When he went through, I just thought, "Well, he scored in there." Because we've not really, we've not seen Jack Butland get called into action as such like that. What a save, man! Honestly, what a save! He holds his feet for so so long, doesn't make any decision until he strikes the ball and gets down and saves it. Tremendous, honestly, it was brilliant. And I actually thought what happened was the opposite of what I thought it would happen. I thought that the team would go, right, come on, he's just pulled us out the bag there, let's go and finish this tie. And it was just the complete opposite that happened to the rest of that half. Um, he was he was really good, very important for us, and he, he seems to have settled into it, no problem at all. Um, I don't know we had wee bits of criticism about his kicking and whatever else. I mean, I think most of them were better than, than they weren't. I think when they, they go bad for a keeper, everybody remembers them, if that makes sense, because they're quite glaringly obvious that he's just punted the ball at the pitch. It's going to happen to every keeper. Every keeper does it. Um, but with, um, with Butland, I think he just he looks like he's... He's there, and he's. You can see why we've why we've signed him. He's it's his position. There's absolutely no doubt. We all had no doubt when he came in that he would be the number one. Um, due to the money that he will be on as well, and we he'll be one of the top earners at the club. But isn't it refreshing to see a, a keeper commanding his box? Isn't it refreshing to see a keeper being quick off his line to come out and close the ball down? And I'm not criticising who we've had before. I don't mean that, but. There's just moments that happen. You go, oh, Butland's there. It's all right. He's got it. He's, he's come out. He's collected the ball. Everything's calm. He's got the ball. It's no problem. We start again and we go again. He, he was crucial. He was absolutely crucial for us on um, Tuesday night. And yeah, very much our number one now for the for this foreseeable future, mate, I believe. Uh, the ones you touched on before, I thought Raskin was outstanding, man, in that second half. Generally, probably one of the best that I've seen him. I thought he just commanded the whole middle of the pitch. I think he decided from the bollocking that they had blatantly got at half time that he was gonna he was gonna command that midfield and it was gonna be his ball and you would have to come get it off him. I thought he was great. Thought Campbell was good as well, but yes, if Fuentes mate, I'm excited to see more of him. I really am. I think he looks like he's 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 made for the role that the Bills wanted. You can see why Bill was prolonged um with the signing of him uh, and and waited for the time. Uh, I think he always knew that it would happen, but it's, t- it's took its time to get there. But um yeah, I'm very excited about Sifuentes going forward, mate. Uh, I think it's I think it's very, very exciting. Yeah, no, Ryan Butland we've, I just t- just touched on Butland. We've not seen much of him, which is a good thing because that means he's not been tested that much. But he's seen at the weekend against Livingston at one nil, he pulls off that save. During the week there, he pulls off these saves to potentially put us through that tie. He's a big game player, though, Jack Bolland, isn't he? Aye, he's um, he's already the best signing of the summer <clears throat> for me so far. He's proved that he's hit the ground, hit the ground running, which you don't hear much with a goalkeeper. Um, when called upon, he's made some great saves, um, probably too many for my liking. The one during the week, <clears throat> I think I texted in the chat and I said how calm he was. That would be easy for a goalkeeper to just storm and charge out and just for the ball to slip under him. He just he held his nerve very well and timed it. Just to kind of force a striker into, into the shot, a brilliant save. Um, I have no concerns with Jack Button whatsoever. And do you know what? He will make a mistake one day. He'll do something or... And do you know what? You just need to let it go. And that's it because he is a good goalkeeper. And we look as if we're continuing the theme of we always seem to get good goalkeepers and he looks as if he's going to be one for us. That's exactly what we need. We just need the defence to, to shore up a bit in front of him as well because 
I think it was Carney that brought up there. He does look a bit dodgy when he's kicking sometimes. Yeah. But then the defence need to take ownership of that. They need to know if your keeper can't kick the ball, think of something else to do with the ball. Don't keep passing the ball back to the goalkeeper. We were lucky that McGregor, you know, McGregor wasn't the best kicker of the ball, but he could clear his lines with it. And if Butland can't kick the ball, then so be it. The defenders, all of them need to think of something, how to, do, how to deal with the ball. Um, but yeah, so far he's impressed me more than, and I don't like saying that because he's a goalkeeper and we shouldn't be saying that. We should be talking about strikers and midfielders. But Jack Butland's impressed me uh, the most out of the summer signings. And yeah, yeah, he's definitely a number one and very handsome as well. I'll just yeah, very very handsome. Yeah, he's very handsome. Uh, he's not as handsome as the man I'm just going to bring in here now, Scotia, is it? Um, <laughs> Scotia, the, the next tie, obviously, we play PSV Eindhoven, um, who put Strumpgratz out uh, during the week there. We play on Tuesday night. A new Rangers will be out instantly with emails telling us how much money coming out of the bank account on the Geez Friday. Yeah, it's, it's, I'll it's be on. I just looked at my... <laughs> Yeah, well, I, mine, mine get whipped out today, so it's gone. Uh, I'll be honest, I thought they were going to charge us about 40. I thought 35 was reasonable, to be honest, for a, a playoff Champions League. I don't know what we played, played last year, but yeah, PSV Eindhoven, Scotia. You're the man that will have the dossier on them, obviously, but I'm not, we're not going to dive into it because we'll probably break it down in our podcast, but we'll need to up our game several levels if we want to get through this tie. Yeah, big time. Um, big time we will um, look de Jong is off to a flyer in Europe already with three goals um, I know he wasn't Brilliant. he played against just, what, just what I wanted to hear mate great <laughs> <laughs> um, no I mean they've, they've just kicked off the league yeah like you say we'll get into it um, as we, one of the worries for me though I don't know if it's a worry it's one of these ones where it can work either way they've got a free week in between yeah, I was going the first to bring and that second up. leg mm-hmm. whereas we play Ross County um, sometimes that can work for you, sometimes against. But no, we definitely need to up our game. I caught like glimpses of the extended highlights of their game, and they were um, r- ripping Strumgrats apart. Um, so we need to kind of very quickly get up to, speed to deal with them. Well, we great, great stuff. Where's that <laughs> yeah. bottle? Of, where's that bottle of wine? <laughs> Just drink out the bottle, right? Um, yeah, Carney Scotia mentioned there that they have. Um, the Dutch FA, whatever they're called, have, have given them, obviously, a, a free weekend. We play Ross County in between. I'll be honest, yeah. I wouldn't want us having a free weekend at the moment. I'd like us to play as much football as possible going forward. But PSV, I mean, they tweeted right after some, something along the lines of re- revenge or something. Um, Time for revenge, yeah. Yeah, I, I'll be honest, last season, kind of, I thought we were lucky to put PSV out. I thought we rode a luck over Eindhoven. Um, I thought um, McLaughlin actually played well out there, which is bizarre when you see where we are now with goalkeepers and what happened to him. But it's going to be a tough game, Carney. Oh, it's going to be a tough game. But there's your team talk right there. Get that printed out, put it all over the changing room. Time for revenge, show them. Go show them that it's not time for revenge. Um, Yeah, it'll be a tough game, mate. They're a fast team, really quick team. Um, They they look, um, from what I've seen them so far, they look a better team than the last time we played them. So we're going to need to bring our A game, mate. There's no doubt about it. But we we, we say this all the time when, when we talk about the Champions League. You're not going to get jobbers. You're not going to get guys that are not not quality football players towards this stage of the competition you're going to get good teams and it's going to get even tougher if we get into the, the group stages if it's where you want to be you need to play these teams and you need to beat them so yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to it I think Ibrox will be pretty noisy on Tuesday night I think there's going to be quite an atmosphere so I'm very much looking forward to that because um, the crowd are going to need us um, and or the 
team are going to the crowd even. Um, so it's very, it's an exciting title to look forward to. But yeah, if everything Scotia is saying, I'm just like, brilliant. They're good in areas that we are terrible in. Perfect. <laughs> just <laughs> really is perfect. But uh, the look, as you say, it's going to be what it is. Um, I think we just need to match, match up to them as best we can. But look, stranger things have happened. Um, they are probably favourites, probably rightly so, going into this due to the football that they are playing. And yeah, it's going to be a it's going to be a tough time. There's absolutely no doubt. But you never know. You never know, mate. I'm not writing the team off at all because I think European nights at Ibrox can have that feeling about them can have something special there's tends to be something in the air um, more often than not when it's a European night at Ibrox so um, we'll see what comes but there's no doubt mate the, the, the standard of football the 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 performances especially if you think about the first half against event Tuesday night we can't do that we, we can't do that we do that against PSV in any half, they'll score three or four, no problem at all, and the tie will be gone. So we have to be 180 minutes of peak performance, and we have to, we have to get there. We have to reach that in order to reach the Champions League football. It's as simple as that. But the players are coming out and saying that they want to play there. No, now you're now's your time to go and prove that you want to, you want to play there, and you deserve to be there. Yep, Ryan, the, the Champions League music will be back at Ibrox um, on Tuesday night. As Carney says, that the place will be bouncing. These players, these new players, haven't experienced it. Obviously, that the first game we played, the atmosphere was slightly flat. I think this will be completely different. Will this be the game that maybe ignites these players in terms of becoming Rangers players going forward? Well, the atmosphere will it'll be electric when when we first go into the stadium um, and it kicks off. If Rangers start the game the way they started against. Servette at home will raise the roof off the place and there's no doubt about that and any player in the world will struggle with that atmosphere if it's not on your side and that's what Rangers, that's what Michael Beale's message needs to be start fast put them under the cosh a bit and the crowd will be behind you if you don't, you know what Ibrox is like we'll get on their back, it doesn't matter if it's Real Madrid, Man City, PSV if you don't start well at Ibrox and they get the upper foot uh, the upper hand, sorry We'll be on your back, so that's that's where you're at. That's what why you signed for Rangers. They, that's the expect uh, the expectancy at the club, and need to deal with that. And um, I, I'm hoping Rangers do what they've done previously. A Champions League group stage, probably aside, I would say they did it against Napoli at home, but they can raise their game when we play bigger teams. We seem to have that kind of gear where we can go in into the the higher gears when we're playing against. Um, top opposition and I'm hoping we do that again I'm hoping we do that again on Tuesday what I've heard about PSV is they're a better team than they were last year so that concerns me because although I do think we deserve to go through, I, do, I agree with you, we, we rode a luck last year um, the Tom Lawrence goal, which is so long ago people forget, I think he had a, was a just a shot or a free kick, I can't remember it was just a shot and the goalkeeper fumbled it into the goal. Mm-hmm. And then Tillman, obviously, Tillman robbed the, the, the ball and squared the Cholak. Lucky goals. You're not, you don't usually get two of them in the, in the, in the tie. Um, we might need something like that again on, on Tuesday and the following week. But this Rangers team will, will be behind them 100% Alan Tuesday and they need, they need to raise to the occasion. If they don't, they could well get their bum felt and get put out on Tuesday alone. So they need to be on it on Tuesday. There is, like I said earlier on the pod, there is nowhere to hide now. No, exactly. 
Exactly, and obviously we'll talk about it in another pod, but it's um, yeah, it's a, it's a mouth-watering tie and just around the corner. But before we go on to talk about the upcoming game against Morton, it is time for our word from our sponsors. Can you say thanks to Robert Robertson first? Sorry, Robert Robertson. Um, thank you very much for the donation there. Honestly, Ryan, he, you, you were right, mate. We were to discuss him. I don't want to say it, but I got your text message, Scotia. He is holding his back. Time for a word for sponsors, Manscaped. Um, they have once again brought new products to men's grooming with a brand new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. From a beard trim to a fresh shave, the technology behind the Beard Hedger Pro Kit allows you to shape your beard like never before. It's time to tame your name, so say goodbye to all your stubble trouble with Manscaped's Beard Hedger Pro Kit. It all starts with the Beard Hedger. This cordless trimmer gives you 20 hair cutting lengths, all with one guard. The titanium coated T blade is tough in hair but smooth in your face, leading to a single stroke efficiency that brings satisfaction one stroke at a time. Plus, it's waterproof. The Pro Kit includes a formulation for your post trim care. They are Manscaped's Beard Shampoo and Conditioner, Beard Oil and Beard Balm. The Pro Beard Kit also comes with three free gifts, a beard brush, a beard comb and scissors to ensure your beard is ready and press. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code CLUB at 22 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com with our code CLUB at 22. The Manscaped Beard Hedger, one stroke, one guard, 20 lengths. And I know, well I've, been slightly, I know I've been slightly off it today, um, but... Mr. Carney <laughs> did put a blooper in there, which I, I did. found I did. before I came on the podcast tonight. I did. So, yeah, I did. yes, I wasn't Ron Burgundy tonight, and I didn't read the I, I put in it, I sit down when I pee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was so, uh, see, when it was coming to it, I was like, please read it, please read it, please. Well done, mate. I'll give you credit there, mate. Well done. Well yep. done. No, seen it. Seeing it, shocking behaviour from the, the gaffer there. It's <laughs> absolutely shocking. He should be supporting yeah. the staff. I'm yeah, going to HR on that, by the way. Okay, that's um, fine. That is an HR issue. <laughs> but I moving on. Um, I was going to say to more positive things, but Ryan, I'm going to bring you in right away because you're in this brigade, the the F sake brigade to to the man James Tabernier. This season, let's be honest, his performance have been. I've been pretty woeful, to be honest. Absolutely. I think I've been woeful. I think his distribution is passing. I just think he looks miles off it. But his get-out-of-jail card all the time, as he scores for Rangers, <laughs> his get-out-of-jail card. What do we do with Tav going forward? And obviously, if you could answer that, you'd be the manager of Rangers, but it's becoming a theme now. It is becoming a theme, and I think, a lot, I think there's a lot more noise behind it than the FFS um Tav Brigade, I think it's <clears throat> I think people are seeing his distribution of the ball. For me it was there last season. I called out a few times last season. I think he he got out of jail a few times. He had that free kick against Celtic, which was probably one of the best free kicks I've ever seen. It was a, it was an outstanding free kick. <clears throat> but um I think he I think he's had a poor like the levels he reached in the Europa League and I'm I've been on this pod and said it I did not think he had. He reached some crazy levels there, and and I'm pretty confident in saying he peaked. He he, he was outstanding. And we had um, I think we had did we have Nathan Patterson at the time, or was it that season earlier on that season? 
get confused with my timelines, uh, Scotia will probably correct me. But for me, I know the money came in for Patterson, but hindsight for me, when I look at James Tavernier since Patterson left, is probably, we, did we make the right, the right um, decision in letting Nathan Patterson go? Because for me, he was the future of Rangers. Tavernier, you'll never get the money that he was worth two years ago. You'll never get that money. It's gone. Like Tavernier is, what, 31, is he? 31, I think, 32. Yeah. He is, he looks as if his engine's gone. And f- to give him his credit, he's been bombing up and down that wing for, for years, playing the fullback. One of the fittest players I've seen at Rangers, James Tavernier. I mean, you know where I sit down the front. And he, he's constantly up and down that wing. Last season, he couldn't do it. And I thought he was carrying an injury. But now I'm worried that he just doesn't have the energy, the engine anymore. He's maybe just come to an end. And it, it, he's, but his distribution as well, and you can see him getting frustrated. And I get annoyed as a supporter when I see a Rangers player kind of throwing their arms out and blaming everybody else. And he's doing it all the time. But I think he's doing it because he's probably frustrated with himself. I think it's, if you give him a wee bit of credit, he's probably just frustrated at his own performance. He takes a lot of pride in being the captain of Rangers. We know that. He's hit the heights of winning that league with us, getting to a, Euro- um, a European final. And he'll know, he'll probably feel it more than any day that he is not performing at those levels. And he's he'll know that, let's be honest, if he didn't have that captain's armband, I think he would be dropped by now. But he's a captain of Rangers and he'll, he'll know that, he'll carry that about with him. But I'm a Rangers fan before my James Tavernier and any other, any other players fan. And for me, now's probably not the right time because we play Celtic in a couple of weeks. It's probably not the right time to drop him now. But I think Michael Bill's got a huge decision to make with James Tavernier. I, I think he's got to think of Rangers as a team. And if he's going to lose this, lose it at the back and, and lose the ball all the time, but pop up with the odd assist and the odd goal, it doesn't weigh up for me. It doesn't now. I think we've got to seriously look at Dijon Stirling, who is a signing that has came here on merit. Alec Neal spoke highly about him. Apparently, looks good in training. Any time I've seen him, the small glimpses we've seen doesn't concern me. I think it's maybe time that we think about Dijon Stirling getting a run in the team. But <laughs> I could be proved wrong. Come well, not tomorrow because I can disregard tomorrow. No offense to, no disrespect to Great Walton, but. If Tavernier pops up with a free kick or scores a goal on Tuesday or scores a goal against Celtic, what do you do then? Do you drop him then? So it's a, it's a, it's very much a catch twenty two. And, and when I was, I, I don't mind saying I was ripping him in the chat during the week. When I was ripping him, I knew he was going to pop up with a goal because it's what he does. But dropping back to our conversation earlier on, we can't keep going around this circle of. It's okay, scored a goal. Never mind the goal, I gave away, scored a goal. And that goes for Bourne as well. I'm not singling out Tav. Just there needs to be a break in that cycle, Ali. And I think, as it stands at this moment, I would bring Dijon Sterling into the team after a Celtic game. Yeah, and thanks very much, David Gamble, for the £10 donation. Much, much appreciated. Um, Scotia, obviously you're a defender at heart, but... Tav this season, we came out of Ibrooks um, last week and he was one of the first guys we discussed from Edison House. Carney and Stevie obviously brought up in their, their post-match. I think Stevie actually asked a question to, to Michael Beale about Tav, about he was slightly concerned about him too. But tomorrow will tell, not tell a story for me, but I remember us kind of talking about this last season and we had a League Cup game coming up and we all said, well, Divine play it right back, pull Tav out and Tav played. 
Tav wants to play all the time. He's like Goldson. He wants to play in every game. If, if Tav's there tomorrow and Sterling's not there, I'll be disappointed. And Michael Beale, he's, he's got to play Sterling tomorrow. It's the perfect opportunity. But moving forward, as Ryan said, Scotia, what do we do in that position? Because as Ryan says, he comes up with some amount of important goals, James Tavenier. Yeah, I think this is where you need to be in, in terms of where you're going to sit with it. Are you content that what he gives you going forward, but you're going to lose some at the back? Or do you want a total change like Ryan's kind of like going for there? I'm getting, I was, I mean, we had this conversation last season as well, because let's not forget James Tavenier up until about Christmas wasn't great last year either. He was still, yeah, he was scoring, but he, he wasn't great either. We, we were calling him out. He did improve in the second half of the season last year, but ultimately we didn't win anything anyway. So it was it's kind of a moot point. But um, it's, this is where you need to go with it. For me, it's it's now getting at the stage where it's another year on. I'm going to be completely contradictory by the time we come to our, um, our teams and things like that. But you look <laughs> at Tav and the amount of games that he's played. He's not he's not getting rested in games that he quite clearly could be able to get rested in. There's no need for him to play. Is that down to Tav himself just wanting to play constantly? Goldson's a similar type of player in this regard, or is it because he's the captain? And same with Goldson, is it because he's the vice captain that they feel that they need to play? Whereas I think it was fifty-five odd times he played last year. The year before that it was fifty-eight times, and that was getting to the final of the Europa League. He really needs to get rested. Um, but like I say, I'll be completely contradictory in that because part of me is like he needs to play through the badness and get something more positive out of him. A wee bit of confidence boost. But um, yeah, it's, we're, we're kind of future-proofing the team. And like Ryan mentioned it there, with Nathan Patterson leaving. We've got Devine there, we've got Sterling there. But for me now, there's Sterling coming in. Devine's fallen right down that pecking order. I don't know what we can... I kind of mentioned this at the end of the last season about Devine, that where does he feel his future is if we bring in these replacements for our fullbacks, you know, is he just going to be another one that at the end of this season will fall away and you know go out to another Scottish Premiership team? Quite possibly, unfortunately, because the boy showed some decent talent in the, the appearances that he's made. So for me, it's one of these, as we're going to, probably people need to make up their minds. They won't, but they'll need to make up their minds whether they're willing to sacrifice some of the goals that we'll lose and some of the poor performances for some of the attacking prowess that he can bring. But for me, it's getting, he's getting older, so that attacking prowess is getting less and less. And it's been less and less for the what the, the games we've seen this season. Some of the some of the crosses in have been really poor. Some of the corners never been particularly brilliant, but they're getting a wee bit worse. Yeah, I think I think a rest wouldn't be the worst thing, but like I say, I'll contradict myself in about 15 minutes' time. Yeah, can he? I mean, we don't want to sit here and bash Tav. I mean, he's a captain of Rangers, but we need to call out these. He's not been performing to the level that he should be this season. I mean, 200 grand he cost us all the, all the years back. He's been a fantastic servant, great value for money, Tav. But he's getting to a point in his career that the position he plays for Rangers, where he bombs up and down that wing, as Ryan says, he's 31 now. He's not going to be able to do that for the rest of his career. You can see he's slower than what he used to be. His touch isn't there at the moment. He may break, may get that back, but do we persist with him? Or do we, do we give Sterling a slot there? I know he's a captain and it's hard, but it's a big call for Bill. 
Yeah, look, and before I start, um, I get some comments now that about the, the and the and the comments about the, what we spoke about with Calvin, with Calvin. Even you can see it in the comments tonight in the live chat tonight, people are completely disagreeing with each other. I have been a James Tavernier fan for a long time, and I still am. I'm not going to act like I like I dislike the guy. I don't. However, recently, the motto that keeps coming to my head is "Time waits for no man," and Right now, I'm like, there's there's nothing there in him. Do you know what I mean? It, it doesn't look like he's got the tank that he used to. doesn't look like he's got the mental sharpness that he used to. Okay, got us that goal, but I, I'm I'm in agreement with Ryan here. We can't continue to hide behind these goals now. And the fact that I'm even bringing it up and talking about it, and I'm not quick to just fling everything. As soon as a player has a bad game, all of a sudden you want them sold. and all that. I'm, I, I'm not knee-jerk like that. I try and really kind of think about the positives and the negatives of both. But right now I'm like, okay, Tav got us that crucial goal. And it was a crucial goal on Tuesday night. But defensively, he was all over the place. I mean, nowhere near it. He was at, he was part fault to the goal that they scored. Don't get me wrong, I don't think any the defenders, including Suter, because I've seen somebody on their high horse in the, the chat about it, Suter doesn't do well. He gets caught out under the ball. It's, it's a mistake by him. But we still don't then deal with the aftermath of it. But even the one where they, they broke down their left-hand side and the boy should have squared it for the boy and they have an easy tap and they didn't and it brought another good save from Butland. If you watch that back, Tavenier looks at the guy going and doesn't react to him. He just looks at him and then he goes, oh, hang on, that ball's going to him. And he's already three yards behind him and there's no way he's catching him. And at that point, that's when I messaged you in the group chat and I thought, we can't, this can't continue. We can't continue to do this. We're, we're, we are bringing on chances on ourselves because of James Tavenier's defending ability. Now, Tav, in my opinion, is when even when he moves on, he'll be considered a legend of the club for what he's done. He starts alone, I get that. But I think we have to start, I probably as well have to stop being so focused on his stats and look at what's actually happening in front of me just now. There's no way Michael Beale's a smart man. There's no way that Michael Beale is not looking at that and going, hmm, that's not quite right, because he just doesn't look the player that he was. Whether the system that he's trying to play, Bill, isn't helping Tavernier in any way, shape or form, whether Tav just purely and simply can't do it anymore is one that's going to go up for debate. This will go on and on and on, mate. Do I think Tav will play more games than not this season? Yes, I do. I think Tav will play more often than he doesn't. Um, whether that's right or wrong, again, it's going to be open for debate. I, I, I believe that we have to look at moving moving forward and planning a f- not a future without him. I don't, I, you just know what I mean by that. We have to start looking towards the future and not just persisting with him. Because, yes, his touch might come back. And I actually do think in that second half, there was when Sterling came on, they played a wee bit fuller forward. Some of his passing was actually quite good. They kind of clicked at a wee point and played maybe only two, maybe passes a player. I thought, well, that was a wee bit better. But again, it's the negatives that go before that. Maybe maybe taking the defensive thing away from him altogether so he doesn't need to think about it will be a good thing. Maybe having three at the back is something that will benefit Tav and we'll get more out of him now at the age that he's at. I don't know. It's one of those ones, mate, that's kind of up in the air just now. I do believe that more fans than not now are saying that's enough. We, we have to try something else. Um, we can see even the most kind of loyal of Tav fans, which, as I say, I, I was and um, I probably still consider myself to be. Um, a, a fan of James Tavernier, I, I can't, I can't continue to pretend that what he's doing, and what I'm seeing, is beneficial for the team as a whole. Uh, and again, Ryan's right. There's, there's no, there's no player in the world that's bigger than Glasgow Rangers. It's all about the team. It's all about the club. And 
right now I'm I'm really concerned about. Um, I'm concerned that it, there's not there's nothing there anymore. Um, some of his passing, even against Livingston, was I mean so poor. I mean really really poor. There's definitely a decision to make for Bill. Um, I've said it before that Bill will live and die by his choices that he makes for his players with the players going forward. I know Tav's the captain, I get that. People that say he's tripping over the captain saying all that and giving it somebody else, in my opinion, achieves nothing. I think we've seen in history that it doesn't achieve anything in the short term. There's no really any point in doing it. Um, now, especially in more modern football gets, that the captaincy role kind of diminishes, I suppose. It's not as important as what it was once considered to be. So I don't see the point in doing that, publicly doing that to him. That's not going to help anybody, uh, the team or him. But yeah, right now, mate, I, I just... I, so you're right, tomorrow's the perfect opportunity for him to try Sterling. And if Sterling has a stormer, stormer tomorrow, I just think the calls for him to continue in the team will be too loud for Michael Beale to ignore. Yeah, that'll be interesting going forward. Like I say, we're not writing Taff off here. We're just having a discussion no, on him because, not, because he's, he's, he's not been great, along with a lot of other players. I mean, we could sit here all night and talk about a lot of players that haven't been great this season, but obviously we've only, we only run for an hour on the live show on a Friday. But... Um, before we go on to the Morton game, Ryan, I'll bring you in because this is a this is a wee topic for you just before we get into the Morton game. Um, Celtic have come back and they have refused their allocation for the old firm on the 3rd of September, I think it's a Sunday. Rangers still want their allocation for the away trip when we go there in December. What's your thoughts on this? It's, it's, <laughs> is it tit for tat now, isn't it? Is it? Yeah. It's exactly that. It's tit for tat now, and I just I'm so past caring who started it. Did we start it because we threw the toys out of the pram with them celebrating all the time and beating us? Or was it for another reason? Or did we play a poker? Um, are we playing poker with them in terms of allocations? Are they now trying to get one back over and us by rejecting this? I just don't care. I don't care, Ali. I just want the spectacle of the old firm back. <coughs> I want. I do want, I, I personally, this is just my point of view. I know some of the boys maybe are different or people in the chat. This is just my view because you're asking me. I would like them to fill Brimlin. I know that's not going to happen because the season tickets have been sold now. The European allocation can happen. Rangers can make that happen. They'll talk about segregation. They'll talk about safety. Maybe Celtic will talk about safety. It's nonsense. With, it's the absolute nonsense. The two of them are just tit for tat now. It's like mum and dad arguing. And when you're younger and it's noise, I just want the spectacle back because nobody in this world will tell me that going to a game with no away fans brings that feeling. It doesn't. When I see them on the pitch, obviously I feel like I want to beat them. Of course I do. But that, the intensity about Ibrooks isn't there. The atmosphere's still there. There's a good atmosphere, but it's not the way it is. When you, like I say, every time when we speak about this, speak, the guys in the chat will be fed up hearing it. When you were queuing to get into Ibrooks and you could hear them inside, the hairs in the back of my neck, get me in that stadium. I want to see them. I want to start singing. I want to just get behind the team and feel that pure euphoria of an old firm game. And it's not there. And whether that's Rangers' fault or Celtic's fault, I just don't care. I want it back. I want it back in some some capacity. And for boys that go to away games, I used to go to away games week in, week out. We all probably did. And I feel sorry for the boys that would be going to Celtic Park because they're most like, more than likely not going to go to Celtic Park in um, in December now, and it's sad. It's sad that that's the way it's going because it's something that I've always banged my drum about. Scotland don't promote the old firm as a positive in this country because it is a positive. They get tarnished with this 
nonsense of sectarian brush because of songs that get sang, etc. by minorities, but it, it really doesn't matter. The Old Firm is a huge spectacle that attracts view, viewings from all over the world, and if you're just seeing a home crowd and you're not seeing the, the kind of rivalry and it's and its glory, if you want to say, it, it just doesn't grab it doesn't grab other people and it doesn't grab me as much. Of course I want to beat them. That'll be forever. I want to beat them at Tiddlywinks, but I'm sad that we don't get them don't get that feeling of, of the kind of rivalry when we come to when they come to Ibrox next week or two weeks. Yeah, Scotia is um obviously Green and Morton coming tomorrow. They'll have, if you want to say, the European allocation tomorrow where they'll have the corner and they'll have a bit of the, the broom in front and rear. That's the one people are saying. You, you can tell when... It's, I remember we had Partick Thistle last year and they had the same allocation and, and it brought a, it brought an atmosphere to, let's let's say, a, a meaningless game. Not a meaningless game, but we're in the League Cup against Partick Thistle. Nice. But it brought an atmosphere to it and I think it will tomorrow. What's what's your views on it? I know we're kind of sort of short for time here at the moment before the, the Morton game. No, it's your impeccable host now asking the same question twice. Um, but yeah, well, um, in terms of the allocation, it's probably uh, my mind's not changed. We've spoke about it pretty much every time since it happened. Well, I mean, we, we we didn't start the pod when the allocation was first cut, and I remember thinking at the time, no, that's going that's going to cause issues further down the line. Because I correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think in that time. We faced Celtic in a Scottish Cup or League Cup game in the early rounds. No. Since then, have we? Because obviously they get like the ten percent cut of the of the stadium or or whatever it is, which would mean it would go to the European allocation. But for me, my opinion's never changed. As soon as they made the decision that they wanted to sell the season tickets in the Broomland, then they weren't getting the full Broomland. And I don't see how they can turn back now and do it because people have now got those seats. They've got an expectation that those seats. Are going to be theirs. Obviously, there's talk about the Union Bears moving into the Copeland Front. Copeland Front people need to get moved to the Broomland, quite possibly. How's that going to affect them for season tickets? So it's not going to change. It's not going to change. It's going to be the 700 or not. It's up to Celtic if they want to take them or not. They can cite the reasons for it. Like I say, it would be interesting to have seen a Scottish Cup game in like the, the fourth round or something just before the quarters where we're playing at Ibrooks and see, oh, look, actually, they would take that allocation because I think that would be the, the perfect solution to the problem. If you want I don't even consider it a problem. It is toys out the pram stuff. Um, but I don't see any any issue with, with the that kind of allocation because it's not caused any issues for me in terms of like European ties that we've played teams against. And we've played against some teams that have had allocations like that where you could potentially maybe see, oh, some trouble could come from that. I remember Man U had come up from it. Liverpool as well, League of Warsaw, did they have as much as that? So it's not, I don't think the police can turn around and say that that's an issue. Yeah, Charlie, just Scotia. Sorry. sorry, sorry to jump in there. Scotia's spot on. See, in terms of that seg- that segregation, you would get the European allocation. If you think of what we got at Celtic Park, and it was 7,000 fans, we got that corner, and then we get part of the lower, uh, the lower Lisbon lines and the upper Lisbon lines. So that segregation is very similar to what they would get at Ibrooks. Yep. In terms of you get one section, the police the police can. They can for me it's just an excuse. Whether it's Rangers or Celtic, it's an excuse about safety because there's no safe there, there's no safety concerns. They can definitely do it. Um I just feel it as 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 I say, tit for tat. Just frustrating for fans that go to the games, I think that's what it is. And that's no disrespect to people that don't. Yeah, Gary, just <clears throat> briefly before we go in the morning, obviously we're on fifty five minutes here. 
It's it's not really going to change going forward, is it? Bisgrove alluded to it um, when he done the, the thing with the fans at Edmondson House. It doesn't look like it's going to change anytime soon. No, um, don't worry about the time, mate. I say that's just a, a topic they could run on, run on and on. Um, I I agree and I disagree, and I've got my own opinions, and I can see both sides of the argument. To be honest, the the, spe- the spectacle of having them behind the broom, and I agree, it's not the same. It's not the same when you go into Ibrox now and it's just that the wee corner of them. It isn't. Um, it, it, it does definitely take away from the fixture. Um, there is no doubt. But I was also happy for it to happen because I was sick of them beating us, mate. So I was sick of seeing them all celebrate. So I'd, I'd got to the point when I didn't want to see that anymore. So, but again, I spoke to Ryan about this a wee bit in the group chat. Is, were the club short-sighted possibly by selling the broom loan? Um, season tickets? Possibly, yes, because of the spectacle of the whole thing. However, I understand the club's decision to do so because they were trying to full secure the club's future in terms of getting as much revenue into the club as they possibly can. So I understand it from that point of view. I would continue to have them in the corner, in my personal opinion. I do think the European allocation is the way forward for it to happen. I believe it can happen. I think um, I don't really see the reason for it not. During some European games as well against some pretty tasty teams we had, in the club deck, we had supporters sitting behind us. Do you know what I mean? Because of UEFA's rules, you have to give a certain amount of allocation to be like considered like on the halfway line, if you like. So we had we had fans behind us. Do you know what I mean? And there was never really any issue. Yeah, a bit of jeering back and forth between the fans, but nothing kicked off. Nothing really happened. I know Rangers and Celtic is slightly different because there's also copious amounts of alcohol involved with, with a lot of fans, but. <sighs> Celtic refusing this on safety grounds is pathetic, um, absolutely pathetic. It's not safety concerns. It's Celtic trying to hard play hardball with Rangers and Rangers are standing up to them. And that's my personal opinion. I believe Rangers are going, well, no, but you're not going to get what you want. We will stand up against you because the rest of Scottish football doesn't. And that might sound like I'm wearing a tinfoil hat and if it does, so be it. But I believe that's the case. I believe Celtic are annoyed because Rangers have a voice again and I, th- I don't think they like it. I would continue to offer them the corner. Um, I would. That's the corner you're going to get until they just start playing ball with us and then you can discuss moving it to the European allocation. I'm sure there is something that could be done there. But in terms of us going to Parkhead, um, Ryan Spotting as well with the way the allocation used to work there. I've been there. I've done it. They're just as close as... Um, they're just as close as they would be if it was at Ibrox. It doesn't make any difference. And that that's before you come on to the, the Twitter video that was flying about them flinging missiles at us and they've got the cheek to say that safety concerns for their fans. It's, it's nonsense. It's absolute nonsense. I agree with Rangers standing up to them. I think it's disappointing they've knocked them back. But if Celtic now Celtic have now made a rod for their own back because I fully expect the board and Bisgrove to decide that Rangers will take the allocation at Parkhead. I don't think Celtic will offers it. I think they'll again raise safety concerns and all that sort of nonsense and we'll continue down this path until somebody caves in or somebody intervenes to say, look, you're damaging the, the old firm here as a as a as a fixture. So yeah, tit for tat, it is nonsense. We should both just both should just agree that we'll stick with the corners just now uh, and we'll take it from there going forward to, to at least have some fans in. Um because I think it does I think it's a real shame that they won't they won't be there. Um I think it does take something away from the tie. Um but I, they'll never get the full broom loan back. 
as long as this board are in charge, you're not going to take season tickets off of people. That's not going to happen. It's not a good look. Um, so they're not going to get it back. But I believe the European allocation could work. Um, I think it's something that they should explore. But for right now, for Celtic, trying to play hardball with Rangers and Rangers standing up to them, I am all for it. I'm generally all for it. We're the only team in Scotland that will do so. So I'm, I'm all for it. It's a shame that they decided to knock it back. Uh, I hope the board make the decision to accept Parkhead and then we'll see how silly Celtic look after that. Yeah, we'll just need to see what happens with it, but it's, it's not going to change in a while, to be honest. Let's, let's be honest about it. But anyway, we've reached the hour, hour mark here. We haven't even gone to the, the Greenock Morton game, but I'll keep it brief and I'll just ask for your kind of teams and scores tomorrow. You can say a wee brief thing about what you think about the game. Tomorrow. Ultimately, it's just get through the tie tomorrow, Rangers. It's a chance to rotate players, rest players, um, especially with Tuesday night and, um, coming up. But Morton. They, they lost 3-2 at the weekend to, to Rafe Rovers. They won the first game 3-1 um, against Air United. Notable players, Kirk Broadfoot has come back to Ibrox. He was at Broomhill Open Goal last season. Broomhill? Broomhill. Alan Power, once of Kilmarnock, um, who we know <laughs> is in the in the team as well. But Scotia tomorrow, teams and your score um, for tomorrow. Uh, firstly, before I got on to my team, I must say, see the new Banfield presser today. I think he gave less away than Geo ever, ever did. Um, just yeah. sitting watching that. <laughs> Didn't learn anything. It was like, right, okay. Yeah. Um, no, but um, i looking forward to it. I'm kind of, I was torn between whether or not to play a different team or still to play like the strongest team, you know, with Tuesday night in mind. So I'm going to be quite a strong team, but with some changes. Um, McCrory and goals. Backline of Tav, Goldson, Sutter, and Sterling. Midfield of Sufuentes, Dibble, Cantwell. And then go with Lammers, Dessers, and Danilo up top. Go for 5 0 Rangers. Lammers, first goal scorer. I'll be intrigued if we all have the same team here, or two of us have the same team. I very much doubt we will. Ryan, your team and scoreline. Go Butland, Tav, Balligan, Suter, Sterling at left back. I'm going to go. Is John Lundstrom still out with personal reasons? I think he's back. back. Is he back? I'm going to go. Oh, I'm not going to play him. Sepentes, <laughs> Sepentes, um, Raskin. And I'm going to go Lammers, Danilo, and Dessers up front. I will go 4 0 Rangers. I'll go Dessers to score first. Stick with a man. Carney. Um, I'll go. Yeah, I'll go Butland, Sterling, Suter, Balligan, Barisic. Or if Yilmaz is back or fit enough or slightly fit enough, I would play Yilmaz. Um, Lundstrom, this is what I think it will be. Lundstrom, uh, Dow, Scotia's man Hadji, Lammers, Danilo and Dessers up front. I think the front three will probably be the same. I know Matondo was in the presser, but I don't expect him to start. Um, I'll go with that. Jim Sloan, some man, mate. Thank you for a wee bottle of wine, Ryan. <laughs> Superb. 
Fantastic, Jim. Uh, thanks very much, mate. I appreciate that. I will go for 3-0 Rangers. I'll go for Dessers to get a hat-trick. Stop that <laughs> laughing at the back. <laughs> um, yeah, I've ripped my team up a wee bit, to be honest. I know I, you would like more of a, the same team to get, a, especially with all these new players in, but I'm just saying Tuesday's that big a game. Risking injuries against Morton, so I'm going McCrory in goal. Oh, I, I meant to say McCrory. I meant I didn't say to Butland. I meant to say McCrory. Actually, <laughs> can't your teams on? Can he change them? So, um, oh, I that Excel sheet, mate. Yeah. McCrory in goal. Sterling at right back. Balogun Suter. Barisic. I agree. If Yilmaz was fit, I would play him. Ryan. I, I do think John Lundstrom will make an appearance tomorrow. So Lundstrom, double. I think Lammers will play. Um, or Cantwell plays as a 10. And my front three, if you want to say, will be Seema, the best young Welshman we all know, Rabi Matondo, with um, Cyril Dessers through the middle. And I'm going 4 0 Rangers and a Dessers double. Um, so positivity for tomorrow. It is Morton. Morton will bring a good support tomorrow, obviously, um, which will add to the game. But it's um, just get through it in the next round, Rangers. No injuries, and we'll look forward to Tuesday. Yeah. So, yes, a slightly longer podcast tonight. I was all over the place at the start, but got got there in the end. But, yeah, I'd like to thank everyone in the comments tonight, everyone who's um, watching us live on YouTube as well. We're marching to 5,000 subscribers. I think we're now past 4,500, which is um, a bit of a milestone for us. But last but not least, I would like to thank my guest, first of all, Scott Carney. Enjoy your day tomorrow and not at Ibrooks. Yeah, I won't be at Ibrox tomorrow, mate. Yeah, it's my, my wee cousin's wedding, mate. And generally, I don't miss Rangers for many things, but for my wee cousin's wedding, mate, she could, she's very close to me. She's more like a sister than anything else. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to the wedding tomorrow. I'll see the first half hour of the game, I think. Um, so, yeah, um, it is what it is. It is what it is. It's not ideal. I'm not going to lie, but it's. Uh, I hate not going to a home game at Ibrox. I really do. Uh, but no, um, I'm looking forward to the day. I hope you boys enjoy the game. Uh, I hope Rangers just go out and just do the business. Just beat them convincingly and everybody will just leave feeling a wee bit better about themselves. Um, that's all we're really asking for. But yeah, thank you, chat. Thank you, lads. Thank you for the donations. Really do appreciate it. Yeah, to be fair, Carney, I mean, this. <laughs> We're at an age where you're going to be at weddings quite a bit now, but if it was to mm. fall in any game, Greenock Morton in the League Cup... It's probably the best one, you'd, yeah. You would yeah. pick, to be honest. So, I think, well, I think I'm for down that neck of the woods, but, mate, and I hate Morton. <laughs> yeah. I hate them, so a wee yeah. bit gutted. Yeah. Um, Scotia, I will see you tomorrow. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, I'll see you bright and early because it's that half yes. kick off. Like uh, I've seen Rangers and Tour in the comments there. Put Ali, your hosting tonight was like Rangers the other night. Absolutely atrocious nope. at the start, but we got there in the end. Yes. No. Yeah. Thank you, Ali. Thank you, lads, and thank you very much, listeners. It's been another, another. Oh, excuse me, can't speak. Another enjoyable Friday evening speaking with you. Yeah, I actually took Thursday and Friday off at work this week, and I think I've relaxed too much. I think that's why I kind of started like that. It's better when I'm at work and full flow, but. <laughs> Last but not least, Mr. Ryan Haymarch, enjoy your weekend. I will do, mate. Don't you be too hard on yourself. I know sometimes you text me after pods and say you could have done better and you stopped your performance and you're worried that Carly's going to get rid of you. Don't beat yourself up tonight. You were great. Um, thanks for everything. I enjoy. uh, enjoyed the comments. Some of them were brilliant. I'll tell you, 
Tavernier subject does not half split the support. Some wow. very interesting comments in there, but we all want the same thing, boys. We just want a Rangers win and hope for that will be tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. No, I'm looking forward to tomorrow, like you say. It's on a telly tomorrow. It's via play, I think it's on tomorrow. It's it's half twelve, but we will be back tomorrow with a post-match reaction. It will be the B team tomorrow. It will be me and Scotia. So tune in. We've usually, I was going to say we've got a couple of babies in at that point, but because it's an early kickoff, we should be fine for the post-match. So doesn't, that doesn't mean it doesn't mean anything to Scotia, mate. I that might, I might, I might, nothing. I might find Ryan for some of his red wine. Yeah, I might find Ryan for <laughs> some of his red wine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be me and Scotia tomorrow on the post-match. So, yeah, thanks for all the comments. Thanks for all the listeners and thanks to the lads tonight. We have been Club at 22, the Rangers podcast, and we'll be back tomorrow.